the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Thanks for tuning in. Yet again, another day, another dollar, right? What do you want to talk about today? Because I guess you could say the doctor is in, so to speak, without getting too cliche. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to fire it up, see what's going on on Wall Street, and uh, go from there. Talk about some big picture concepts. Talk about some small picture concepts. Um, Whatever is ultimately on your mind. You know, one of the mistakes that we make, in my opinion, is we get a little bit too focused on the right here, right now kind of thing. And, uh... That can make you an awful investor. Focusing too much on the the, the day-to-day. Wow. I, I can tell you, anytime I do a seminar, I meet, I'm not going to call it crazy people, but I meet people and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm entranced by what they find important. So, and how people like will make crazy jumps, right? So one lady I met, and I met ladies, I met men, and I met I'm not just saying anything negative about one type of person, but she had some property like in the middle of central California, nowhere. And she, it's kind of her bet that that's going to be her retirement. And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I've never been to the city that you're talking about. And, you know, maybe they've got a college coming in. But typically when you have a piece of land that costs maybe $50,000, let's just say that's not super high quality at this point. And for it to become super high quality, would if Amazon puts a campus there, sure. But Amazon's probably not going to put a campus in the middle of the desert. It may. But her bet was, if I wait long enough, it'll climb. It'll be my plan. And that's a little bit upsetting to me. And she, because what she basically was doing in my mind, and this is the psychology of it, she was looking around seeing Palo Alto, looking around seeing Burlingame, looking around seeing. San Carlos and uh, Mountain View. And I think in her head, she was thinking, this, it's all of California. Every city in California, all land will eventually go higher. <clears throat> and that's a little bit of a mistake. If you have enough knowledge and you don't make them enough mistakes, don't make too many mistakes and you have enough knowledge, you'll become a millionaire, in my opinion. One out of six retirees in America is a millionaire. Handling finances for retirement can be difficult. So one out of six people right now is a millionaire. Now, you, you start by going, ooh, one out of six retirees right now in the United States is a millionaire. But think about this. My mom's health care costs now are easily 100000 a year. It's maybe 90000 <clears throat> million doesn't last that long, right, when you don't have a job. So that's... Eight years, nine years, until you run out of money, 
just on the expense without food, without vacations, without entertainment. So one out of six retired Americans are a millionaire. Average wealth for American retirees right now is $752,000, which has more than doubled since 1989. So let's think about that for a little bit. That's about 30 years, right? Median wealth for retirees is just over 200000 People are living longer and costs are increasing. So you start seeing 200000 and let's say you wreck a car. Let's say you need a roof. You can kind of see that we don't save enough as a society. So if you want to become a millionaire, you need to save. One of the most common, common, common financial mistakes is not saving, believe it or not. Don't you wish you would have started maxing out your 401k in your 20s? Don't you wish you would have put $100 in? And that would be worth six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars $800 a day, depending on how old you are when you started. A lot of people who invest, and I was surprised, uh, I was speaking at an event at Visa, I was surprised how many people don't invest in stocks. So they get the money taken out of their, their paycheck, and they just put it in cash in a money market fund. I'm like, whoa. As my friend Donald would say, whoa. So, believe it or not, one of the biggest mistakes people make is when they do invest, they invest in cash, and sometimes when they don't invest at all. You can fix those two mistakes, right? Then the next thing is a lot of people try to put on big bets. I think this little mining company has uh, dragonite in it. It's a special metal that you can use to, to build rocket ships that go to the moon. And, but no one's ever seen it. People speculate on crazy ideas that would make no sense if it was in a movie and a book. You'd be like, don't do the deal, lady. Don't do the deal. And people will do the deal. People try to beat the markets. Um, this guy showed up at the seminar last night, and I was almost sad for him because he had 10 stocks that he wanted me to see. And these were just random stocks. Just random stocks. Um. And as sometimes when I look at that, I'm like, okay, let me try to figure out what that means to me. Like, what is he trying to accomplish? And it was just random. Literally, sometimes like $28 of one stock and $106 of another. You're like, what is he trying to accomplish? Um, so a lot of people I see don't have a plan. They don't have, you know, they're just trying to be crazy almost. You need to build an emergency savings fund if you want to become a millionaire. The trick on being a millionaire is letting your investments stay invested, letting your cash stay as emergency cash so it's there when you need it, so you don't have to dip into those investments. Take advantage of tax advantage accounts. Super important. Super important. If you're not paying 25 28% to the federal government and you're putting that money into your 401k, your 403b, or your 457, that's a great thing, not paying federal tax. Now, you also could take a look at it in another way of like a Roth where you've already paid the federal government and you want to set up an investment account. You could set up a Roth. That's not a bad idea. And uh, not pay taxes when, in, when later in life. So the not paying taxes is, is big because, you know, just to give you the example of, of California once again, you know, a million dollars when you retire in, in California isn't a lot of money. Let's say your your state tax comes out to seven percent or six percent suddenly a million dollars is six percent less than that sales tax at ten percent suddenly a million dollars is really only nine hundred thousand so that's one of the biggest issues i see 
if an employee, if an employer is willing to give you free money in a 401k, take it. So it's called uh, hitting the match. Even if if you don't save anything, I'm not going to get mad at you, but I will get mad at you if if your boss says if you put in three thousand dollars, three percent of a hundred thousand of your salary, we'll give you an extra three thousand dollars. It's like woo, you just got a, a raise. Not only did you not pay taxes on that that you invested, but you also you get the idea, right? One of the best things you could do, and uh, I like automating everything. Not, I like automating it, but checking it. You know that that time you get that. I need to have this meditation app, and I'm going to get this 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 uh, this twelve twelve month uh, subscription to it. You need to check that kind of stuff. So automate your savings, but not to the point that you don't ever keep track of them. Anyway, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Joining me now, Keith Koo. Keith, how are you? I'm great, Rob. How are you? Doing well. Tell me a little bit about who you are. Who I am. Well, it's great because uh, I've been listening to you and watching you for years. I'm a, I'm a corporate guy. I've been in corporate for over 20 years, and I decided I wanted to help uh, my clients in a different way. So I started a boutique consulting firm, Guardian Insight Group, where, like you, help people with their money. I help corporations keep their money, grow their money, but from a, a different type of way. That led last year for me to start the Silicon Valley Insider radio show on KDOW. Okay. And then that led to to other... Oh, Oh, go ahead, Rob, go ahead. All you, keep going. Okay. Well, that then led to when I normally help out corporations uh, figure things out in terms of risk management and saving money, a bunch of startups started approaching me in the blockchain space. Tell us a little bit about what blockchain is and why do we care? Well, blockchain, why you and I would care, is beyond what people think about today. Blockchain, people usually think, is Bitcoin, and Bitcoin um, was all the rage for several years as a cryptocurrency, and people thought they could get rich quick. Blockchain in itself is the technology behind Bitcoin, and it's been around for 40 years. It's cryptography. Uh, What blockchain does for you and me at the simplest term is get rid of the double-entry accounting system that's been in use since the 1400s, and the De Medici is in Italy in their bank. Okay, with that being said, you're, what are you doing about it? What are you doing to help us with cryptocurrencies? What's the action, per se? Well, what I'm doing is education. I'm trying to get people off their mindset that they're going to get rich quick by investing in Bitcoin or the next Bitcoin. And so why that's important is that in order for the technology itself to be adopted, people have to stop thinking about get-rich-quick schemes similar to when you and I were in the 90s looking at the dot-com era. That, that's probably the overused analogy. That's probably the one that hits most people's minds. In fact, what's happening is there's a lot of cases where people think, hey, I missed out on the, the great, quote-unquote, wealth of the mid-90s, and therefore I have to jump into blockchain and cryptocurrencies so that I can stay ahead this time. I'm doing education, and I know you do a lot of education on your show, how do you safely look at blockchain? If you want to invest in a cryptocurrency, there are safe ways to do that. Tell us. And the, well, the best way to do that is first 
think about it in terms of what we call the cryptonomics, the tokenomics, which simply means, uh, is this blockchain idea that somebody else has? So we can go with Ethereum, which was like blockchain 2.0. Ethereum was created to be a platform that other companies and organizations can build on top of in order to leverage the technology in itself. Where people need to understand is Ethereum, or back to Bitcoin, in itself can be seen, as the SEC says, as security, but it also could have utility. And where the utility comes in is what makes the value of that chain rise. That's the embedded inflation. I say that because you can really do your research and say, hey, I know Ethereum is going to be around because even though I'm investing like it as a cryptocurrency, or we can even liken it to something like a gold, um, people are going to actually use it. People have to trade on it. People have to continue to invest in it. Uh, so that's one thing. Then we talk about what's happening uh, just next week. Next week, a new platform called EOS is coming out. Um, it's not whether or not I believe EOS is a good quote-unquote investment, but EOS is considered the next generation or one of the next generations of platforms where other companies can then adopt and use that technology itself, similar to Ethereum. So uh, you have a conference coming up. Tell us a little bit about that because we're starting to run out of time, but we'll get to a couple sure. more the questions as well. The conference is coming up next week, June 7th and 8th. Uh, the Tulip Conference brings in speakers from all over the world about blockchain technology. And really, we, just to make it very quick, we don't care about cryptocurrency or ICOs for the sake of that. We care about the movement of blockchain itself. Dr. Vanila Singh, Chief Medical Officer of the Department of Health and Human Services, is giving a keynote. She'll be talking about the adoption of blockchain in the medical field, as well as Dr. Madison, Chief Health Information Officer of Kaiser Permanente. He, too, will be talking about the, the opportunity for blockchain to help in the medical field. We have uh, Professor Yunus, who's a Nobel Laureate, talking about microfunding. Professor Michael Huth, who's talking about autonomous driving on blockchain. This is really a conference to get people out of the mindset of, I need to get rich quick off of cryptocurrency, but how building the ecosystem around blockchain really lifts, a rising tide lifts all boats. So how can people get more information on the upcoming seminar or upcoming... Uh, I have a website. It's tulipconf.com, T-U-L-I-P-C-O-N-F.com. The promo code for a 25% off discount for your listeners and my listeners, is SVIN25. TulipConf.com. And what is the code? Sorry? What is the code? The code is SVIN25 for a 25% off discount. Sounds good, Keith. Anything else that we need to know? Um, it's going to be a great two days. It's totally different than any other conference you've been to. If anyone else out there has gone to, quote-unquote, a crypto conference, we're really digging into the weeds of what the technology of blockchain, distributed ledger, and decentralization is all about. I have a lot of fun, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Oops, go ahead. Yeah, and, and one last thing. If you want to set up, learn how to set up a crypto wallet, how you can actually hold your crypto investments, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about how to safely get started for the consumer. Awesome. Good stuff. The consumer needs to know this stuff on blockchain for sure. There's a conference coming up called TulipConf.com. It's TulipConf, C-O-N, short for conference. TulipConf. Two words don't exactly roll out together, but it's TulipConf. 
tulipconference.com, tulipconference.com. And uh, that's coming up June 7th and 8th in the Bay Area. June 11th and 13th is a big workshop. You can learn more at tulipconf.com. It comes up uh, right around the corner. So get more information at kdow.biz as well. That's kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Um, Stock market had a day off. Hopefully, you took Memorial Day off and did whatever's Memorial Day-ish to you, whether it's actually remembering the memorial, um, the people who come before us in the military and or not. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The owner of MoviePass spiked big time today. Uh, this is one of those stocks that should be out of business. Helios and Matheson's gaining ground, though, after Citadel Securities took a 5.4% stake in the company. This is a company that probably won't work out as an investment, but will it work out as a business is the big question. Charging nine ninety five a month for you to get unlimited access to movies. Is that something you really want and or not? We'll find out. You can learn more about that conference on cryptocurrencies and much, much more. It's a lot to take in, so try to do it on your time. TulipConf.com. That's T-U-L-I-P. TulipConference, C-O-N-F.com. TulipConf.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. No rest for the wicked. Memorial Day over. Stock market back doing its thing. We got to tell its stories. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, to give us some perspective on the stock market, the economy, and how it's all working together. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. Good to be back with you. You have a good holiday? I did, indeed. I hope you did as well. I did. So, everything going smooth and creamy on Wall Street? Any uh, big disruptions due to uh, summertime kind of kicking off? Well, yeah, there's a little disruption this morning, but, um, you know, it flows out of what's going on uh, in the Eurozone currently, uh, and specifically what's happening in, in Italy and Spain, and some questions about um, governing powers there. Uh, there's some concerns that, um, you know, that Italy's going to be subject to a snap election that could potentially be another, you know, referendum on, on EU membership, and then in Spain you've got a, a uh, a no-confidence vote scheduled uh, uh, for the prime minister on uh, this Friday, which you know it just adds to the political uncertainty. And so you've seen a real kind of flight to safety in um, uh, in the eurozone, a risk-off trade, if you will, uh, where you've got some strength in the German Bund, and then you've got weakness in a lot of that peripheral debt, particularly in Italy debt. Um, and so you had some carryover sentiment here, which is impacting the U.S. market in the early going, and and I think it is a reflection of sort of just this, uh, you know, uh, sense that we might have a summer of, of discontent uh, within the U.S. stock market, and 
And what I mean by that is it doesn't necessarily, you know, suggest that we're going to, you know, sell off considerably. It just means they think that market participants are a little bit leery that you might get a market that remains range-bound and unexciting for the most part uh, in the summer months, considering we haven't been able to rally out of what was the best earnings reporting period since the third quarter of 2010. So where are we? Are we kind of a wait-and-see if oil prices slow us down, or we wait and see if interest prices bring down earnings and cut down borrowing and cut down economic activity? Um, is it a holding pattern, or is it you know start selling a little bit now before the, the next shoe drops? Uh, what, what's your instinct on what we're seeing? Because you kind of just said, we just came out of great earnings. What's next? Right. Well, I think you, you touched on the key phrase, Rob, is it's, it's wait and see. Um, there are a lot of uh, things going on right now where people are wondering, you know, just how they're going to unfold. And uh, and when you have a market that's cognizant that the Federal Reserve uh, seems to be adopting a, a, a tightening bias, that is that they seem to be inclined to want to raise interest rates at this juncture, uh, there's comes always concerns about what you know higher interest rates will do ultimately to economic activity and, and earnings prospects so so that's the the main undertone here for the market is is what's going on or what will happen with interest rates now having said that you know we have seen uh, in the last week or so a remarkable uh, reversal in uh, in interest rates uh, and that they have come down considerably and that's been a function of some of the flight to safety we talked about uh, just a moment ago uh, related to what's happening in Europe uh, as well as some of the uncertainty that's uh, linked to uh, trade issues and North Korea and uh, things of that nature and of course we've had a, a you know, decent sized pullback in oil prices lately which is maybe tempered some of you know, the inflation concerns that have been percolating a little bit, and that helps, you know, uh, certainly push some buying interest into to longer-dated uh, Treasury securities. And um, But, you know, but overall, uh, it is this idea that we've kind of have hit an inflection point with interest rates that I think remains the main headwind for the market at the moment, and it is and it is a, a key reason, I think, why, you know, we didn't rally coming out of that really strong earnings reporting period, uh, because, you know, people, I think, are also cognizant that uh, earnings comparisons will be more challenging uh, in the first quarter of next year, uh, and we might have to get there by way of um, uh, interest rates that are, are trending higher over the remainder of this year and into early 2019. Uh, and so there's just a lot of things out there that, the you know, the market is waiting to, to see if it's really a, a change in trend or if we're just going to kind of fall back into this, you know, state of just uh, you know, relatively tepid growth and, and not much inflation. Uh, so we're worried about inflation rates picking up, interest rates picking up, worried about the midterm elections, you know, worried about what's going on potentially with China and trade, worried about what might happen with North Korea. So, so yeah, there's a lot of wait-and-see elements out there, and I think that's why the market could continue to just kind of chop around here. It's interesting because I think in probably the last month I've kind of resigned myself that it's not going to be a glorious up year. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit of rebalancing a little bit earlier during the summer months um, so that I'm kind of ready for a little more of a defensive response in the back half of the year 
in case interest rates, in case oil prices, in case the midterm elections do give the reason, market the reason that it needs for a sell-off. Um, moving into the summer months, uh, are, are you expecting the EU? Because to me, it seems like there's some things on the horizon that, that don't end well. <laughs> well, um, you know, there, yeah, there could be. You just don't know, right? Um, and I think right. what, uh, again, what you've alluded to is that you've had a market that's had a tremendous run. You know, probably a lot of uh, positions that are, you know, been inflated in a good way uh, that do allow for some, you know, uh, rebalancing activity here, knowing that, you know, you could see things break in a, uh, in a, uh, in a negative manner, but there's no guarantee that they will. Um, and so you kind of do probably it's prudent to take advantage of some of these, uh, you know, kind of uh, relatively um, unexciting periods in the stock market to kind of reassess, you know, your market weights and the holdings that you have and uh, and to look to rebalance, you know, uh, for the longer-term outlook because the shorter-term outlook here, you know, you'll get these fluctuations and you'll get a lot of hemming and hawing about the latest headlines. But um, but what we're dealing with at the moment is is, is a really heightened sense of uncertainty uh, about some a number of factors that could go either way in the very short term uh, that could create some problems for the equity market or conversely, you know, create a sense of relief if they if they get resolved in a favorable manner. <laughs> So, will Italy, let's go back a little bit for a second, because uh, I had a fascinating, very American question the other day. Her daughter goes to uh, college in the European Union, and she goes, should I buy my college tuition now uh, before the dollar gets stronger or weaker? And I'm like, that's fascinating. Love, 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 love that. But um, do you think Italy turns uh, Europe into kind of a, a, I'm not going to say a shopping spree for the United States or the dollar, but does the EU... are we going to have a summer of the Italy, like we had the summer of Greece a couple of years ago, where it's just drama after drama after after will they or won't they, and ultimately they do or they don't? And uh, does that have a, a situation? Does that have enough wood to potentially cause a little fire there? Is there some problems going on in Europe with Italy? You know, with reports suggesting that you might not get a snap election until August, um, you know that runs us through much of much of the summer, and then along the way to August, you you are going to hear probably a lot of you know headlines about you know political jockeying and you know which party is likely to win that snap election and and how it could ultimately dictate the future of Italy and the, and the euro in the European Union. Um, so. It, it's going to just hang there for the market to to consider. Um, and of course, we've been down this road before, like you said, with like a Greece. Uh, we've seen it Portugal and Spain before, and you know we did come out of it uh, because you had uh, some help from the ECB, you know, providing a very accommodative policy backdrop. And that's likely going to continue to be the case here through the summer months as this uncertainty ring, rings high. And so that could kind of be a supportive element there, knowing that the ECB is not going to you know, be in any hurry here to tighten, knowing that there is so much political uncertainty hanging over the eurozone. But but that tangentially probably is a benefit for the U.S. dollar and uh, and the U.S. market. Thanks very much. Have a good day, and we'll talk next week as we get our updates on the market. Um, starting with briefing.com, always enjoy the opening commentary by. Um, the whole staff just does a really good job of putting together um, various ways of looking at things. They have a live minute-to-minute breaking stories. 
uh, which you know we don't talk about very often here because we're trying to get. I'm trying to get you out of that you know minute by minute thing, but they have what's called a live in play. A um, little bit of political lava from the eurozone this weekend. A little bit of political lava from Donald Trump this weekend. Uh, so as we come back into the shortened holiday, shortened week, we do notice, you know, a little bit more on Italy. And it, did it flare up? Is it there? Is there kindling under this? Is it smoke or is it fire? What is it exactly? Uh, but there's a lot of flight to safety going on in European markets right now. Ten-year Treasury is back down to 2.88%. A week ago, it was at 3.10%. So this saying, the market's sensing some fear, and it's pushing rates lower. There's a flight to safety. Oh, lots going on, right? Today's the day that Starbucks is shutting its stores down at 1130 uh, don't quote me on the time or don't quote me on the locations or anything along those lines. I believe it's all the stores. Uh, but the point being is today is the day where America, do we take a step forward in being good corporate citizens? Or is this a problem that's going to be tougher to fix than we think? Where are we with it? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, robblackshow.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. I do wildly appreciate it. What's the average American get from... Social Security. I think that's always a really good question. And it's usually not as much as you think. And I'm stunned by how many people just don't really care about retirement and what it looks like. $1,400 or less a month from Social Security. It's not very much. A lot of people look at teachers and go, oh, they've got retirement. They're set. Replaces less than 55% of their salary. It's a supplement. They have to save on top of it. Plus, they get underpaid for the amount of hours they put in and for the quality of work that they do during their lifetime. There's so many financial issues to look at. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton for a little chit-chat about financial planning issues. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, got a couple of emails to get through. Let's do it. This is a big one, so let's see if we can't make this. Got a book? <laughs> well, this is, it's kind of long. And it's got some fancy words in it. Isn't it, and it comes from us, to us from Eddie. Isn't it true that RMD is calculated based on the value of your portfolio at the end of December of the year before you turn 70 and a half, regardless whether you have been withdrawing funds for years? RMD is required minimum distribution? Yeah, required tied minimum towards, distribution. Tied towards your retirement accounts. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so the way it works is once you turn 70 and a half, April 1st of the year following... 70 and a half. This, this, you know, every time I say these things, it's like, who made up the rule of 70 and a half? Why not just 71? Why do you have to calculate what your 70 and a half birthday is and then figure out, oh, by April 1st one year, but if you do, if you wait till the following year, you have to take two that year. I, I, and I think I could tell you why. It's because when you turn 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs at 401ks. It's okay. a certain formula that you use to do that. And let's say that amounts $15,000. Okay. If you forget to do it, it's a 50% penalty on that amount. 
So $7,500 penalty. Plus you still have to pull the money out and pay the taxes on top of that. Sure. Um, you know, as if figuring out what Medicare supplement plan and prescription drug plan you want when you retire isn't hard enough, then you got to deal with taxes. On- Are those hard? Oh, it's it's a full time job. I tell you what, to to go in and figure out once you turn sixty five, and pick the right supplement plan. You know, a lot of people that are on Kaiser just stay on Kaiser. I, I tend to uh, find that older people tend to be fairly happy with Kaiser. Okay. Um, I think younger people, in terms of sports medicine and stuff like that, you know, fixing the knees and doing all. That, I'm not too big of a fan of it, but I'd probably go Kaiser when I'm older. Why is that? It's just everything's kind of in one place, and okay. a lot of clients that I've had have been happy with it. Um, and my own mom, same thing. Okay. So she's happy with it. Anyways, getting back to the 70 and a half issue. Um, yeah, what happens is each year you have to look at the 1231 value of all of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and every all of it. Now, if everything's in IRAs, it's easy because you could add up everything, figure out what the formula is. It's like 20, it's 127.6 of the account or something like that in the first year. Um, and then you can say, okay, I've got all my IRAs. There's three or four different IRAs. Figure out what the number is and you can take a withdrawal out of one IRA. Okay. Maybe your lowest performing IRA, maybe the best performing IRA that you're peeling off the top, right. taking some of that growth, spending the money. Um, if you have 401ks and 403bs, you've got to take one out of every single one of them. And so people make that mistake a lot, thinking that, oh, I've got a 401k and IRA, I'll just take the RMD, the required minimum distribution out of my IRA. Nope. That's why it doesn't really make any sense to keep money in a 401k after you retire. Roll it over, consolidate it, so you don't make those mistakes. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what we talk about all, all the time is fighting the IRA tax trap. So when you retire, let's say it's 62, you retired 62, 65. Well, one of the first places I like to look is the IRA. If I can take money out of the IRA... And a married couple filing jointly can have about eighty grand of income plus their, their itemized deductions and still be at a fifteen percent federal bracket. So I look to the IRA first to make sure I'm maxing out that fifteen percent bracket. And if you need the money, take the money out and spend it. If you don't need the money, take the money and convert it to a Roth so that you're whittling down your IRA, which means you're moving money from a taxable account, paying taxes on it now, moving it into an account that grows tax free for the rest of your life and your kids' lives. And, uh, and then that way, when you turn 70 and a half, you're not forced to take out so much taxable income. You're reducing the required minimum distributions because you're taking the money out earlier and it levels out your taxes throughout your retirement rather than, than having very little taxes until you're 70 and then super high taxes. Anything else that we need to know about RMDs? Is there, um, is there a good calculator online? Does your yeah, IRS.gov publication 590, it has the, the tables there. Okay. And um, then there's you know all sorts of issues. So if people you have an account with like a Fidelity or Vanguard, mm-hmm. will they step up and help you come up with a number? Or no, 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 no. That's advice. Yeah, yeah. Typically, yeah. Typically, they're not gonna. What they do is they send you the letter to remind you. Okay. That you're supposed to do it. But Fidelity doesn't know that you have a IRA at Vanguard and an IRA at T Rowe Price or something like that. So they don't. They won't. They'll give you all the disclaimers in the world before they'll give you tax advice. So. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And earlier in the show, I was talking with Keith Koo. He does a show here on AM 1220 KDOW Fridays at 1. You can learn more about what he's doing. Obviously, the topic today was all tied towards Bitcoin. You can learn more by going to kdow.biz, kdow.biz, and 
following programs and things along those lines. Um, tons of information at KDOW.biz, like the Han Solo movie. Did not get a great reveal. Spoiler alert. But it's Han Solo, right? Were you expecting Salmon Rushdie and Pulitzer Prize material? Probably not. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Coming up, more Rob Black Show. Just find me at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.